Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Amen. It's so good to see you in God's house today. We're honored that you're here. Um, we have a word for you today. We're going to close out the series on exhaustion. I hope that you guys have enjoyed the series and um, got some principles out of it. So far, we've learned that exhaustion is not a schedule problem. It's a spiritual problem. And if it's a spiritual problem, that means we need a spiritual solution. We know that Jesus said that if we're tired and worn out, that we could come to him and he would give us rest. Uh, A lot of times we try to find rest in everything except Him. Uh, But you need to know today as a believer in Christ that there is a rest available in Jesus. We also uncovered the fact that Jesus has become our Sabbath, that He it's not a a specific day. You hear Christians sometimes that will argue over which day is the Sabbath. Well, in Christ, any day can be a Sabbath. He can give me rest any day of the week. Um, But there is a principle of Sabbath that we need to stop once a week what we're doing, and we need to take time to reflect on God's goodness, reflect on the fact that God has provided for us, and we need to take some time to rest our body, to replenish our soul, and to refocus our spirit. And uh, it's a principle. You need a day off. I know you're Superman, Iron Man, Batman, all that, but even those guys need a day off, all right? They're not God. And so you have to take time to, to make sure, and, and what let me say this before we jump into today. Sabbath is not about recovery. So many people think, I need a day off to recover. And, and God didn't give us that. We know that God created for six days. On the seventh day, um, he, he rested. But it wasn't because God was tired. God was setting something in motion for us that when we take a day off to replenish, it's not for recovery. It's to keep us from ending up exhausted. It's more preventative, okay? And many of you, you're way past that. You're worn out, you're tired, you're stressed out, you're frustrated, and you're looking at a day off as recovery. God wants you to do this consistently so that you don't need to recover, that you can operate in God's rest. Today, I want to look at a hidden cause. I want to look at something that we might not think about as it relates to exhaustion, but we're going to call this the hidden cause of exhaustion. And uh, to set this up, I don't know how you do, but sometimes at night before I go to bed, I like to pull out my phone and open up my calendar and just look at what's coming up for the next couple of days. It just kind of gives me a peace of mind to know what I'm, what I'm going to be doing, what meetings, what speaking engagements, what training, what, what things I need to, to, to be doing. And um, I love doing that. And from time to time, I'll look and realize that I have an open day, um, a free day. A day that I can burn. How many like a free day? Come on, somebody. Like, yeah, yeah I need like three of those, Pastor. Um, yeah, I, I like when I, when I have a free day, but have you ever had that moment when you thought, I've got a free day, I can do what I want to do on this day, but you woke up and one of the kids was throwing up? You know, you, you thought, this is my day, and you wake up and you got a kid sick or you got an email that needs your attention you got a family crisis, you got something that comes up, and instead of having a free day for you to do some things you enjoy, you end up taking care of the urgent. 
And, and, and what, what's frustrating about that is if that happens consistently enough in our lives, it leads to exhaustion because we're not spending enough time on the things we want to do. We're spending all of our time on the things we don't want to do. And that leads me to this first part, and you got to get this, okay, because this is the hidden cause. Exhaustion is the result of filling life with things that do not fulfill. We can go home. Exhaustion is the result of filling my life with things that does not fulfill. Things I'm not enjoying, things that doesn't bring fulfillment, things that that doesn't bring a sense of accomplishment to my life. The hidden cause of exhaustion is not always a, a lack of rest. Sometimes exhaustion is connected to a lack of purpose. A lack of purpose. Come on, hit your neighbor and just say purpose. Some of us are exhausted because we're spending our time doing things that doesn't contribute to the purpose that God has for us. We're spending our time doing things that's, things that's not a part of the vision God has for our lives. And, and, and this is so important that we grasp because purpose is energy to your soul. Sometimes we think we, we need rest uh, to recover, but, but when you're living in purpose, purpose becomes energy. Purpose helps you get up in the morning. Purpose helps you to put one foot in front of the, the other foot. Purpose helps us to keep going and, and to, to have energy. And Proverbs 29 and 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. The people live an out-of-control life when they're not living a life of vision, when they're not living a life of purpose. And this sounds familiar to a lot of us because uh, very few people have time in this culture to do the things they were created to do. We spend all of our time doing the urgent, taking care of, of just the next thing that comes up. And many of the activities that are listed on our to-do list, on our calendar, they are not contributing to the vision God has for our life. Yet we continue to do them. Why? Because we, we, we're living unrestrained. We are out of control. And, and, and we have to slow down and realize that every day is an opportunity for me to work on becoming who I want to be. Or I'm going to end up becoming someone I don't want to be. And a lot of us, we can't get this in control. We, 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 know per, we know what our purpose is, we have a vision, but it seems like we don't have time to work on that. And if you are not becoming who you want to be, how many know we shouldn't be surprised when we become who we don't want to be? And, and many of us, we just don't have a grasp on life. We, we are living out of control. And one of the things that I find frustrating is to consistently deal with stuff that's not a part of my purpose. Like, it becomes exhausting to me to have to deal with things that I really don't want to deal with and, and things that, that doesn't contribute to God's calling on my life. And so, with that being said, I want us to identify some traits of an out-of-control life, an unrestrained life. These are some things that you will see in your life when you're not living in your purpose. Number one, there's a lack of self-care. A lack of self-care. Come on, hit your neighbor and say, take care of you. All right, what, what, 
let me, let me kind of flesh this out. People who live over capacity, like they have more to do than they have time for, they, they lack in the area of self-care. When we have a full plate, the last thing we want to do is focus on eating better, exercising. You know why? Because it feels like another thing on the list. It feels like another box to check. And we think, I don't have time for another box to check. I don't have time to take care of myself. I I just don't have time. My plate is too full. And we know how it works. We're tired. We're stressed out. We're frustrated. We're exhausted. And we rarely take time to work on us. Now, over the last few years, the reason I can preach this message with a little uh, uh, passion, this whole um, series on exhaustion, is because I, I arrived at a place of burnout. And the reason being for me is that I was just completely out of balance in every area of my life. And, and so I started working on it and making um, a conscious uh, attempt to change it. And, and I'd made some progress. Like I, I had started to balance my relationship with God and family and ministry and the extra things that come up and, and, and kind of found a rhythm. But, but, and, and it was working for me. But I woke up, okay, on February the 26th of this year. All right, that is a little less than three months ago. And it was a Sunday morning, and I don't know why I did this, but that morning, uh, as I was getting ready, I thought, uh, let's pull out the scale. That's a big mistake on a Sunday morning. I got on the scale, and I looked down at it, and I thought, this can't be. Where did I pick up? 35 pounds. I mean, where, where did that, I mean, how did that happen? And, and as I looked down at it, I realized that I had made a lot of progress, but there was one area that was still out of control, and that was I wasn't eating healthy, and I wasn't exercising. So that morning, I didn't do what I used to do. You know what I used to do? I'll wait till Monday. You know what I'm talking, y'all ever had that last supper? Come on, somebody. I've had about 15 of those, right? Because you keep saying next Monday, next Monday, next. And before you know it, you picked, on, picked up another 12 pounds having your last supper. And I looked down at the scale that morning. I realized I was still out of balance in this one area. So I made a decision that day. said, today, not tomorrow, today, I will eat lettuce and I will move. All right, that was, that was all I did. I'm going to eat lettuce, I'm going to move. And fast forward, three months later, I'm down 30 pounds and ran 6.2 miles yesterday. I mean, listen, you, you, can, you can do it. You can either become who you want to be or become who you don't want to be. And, and so I made that decision, and, and I'll be honest with you. Eating better and moving, I feel more rested. I feel more sharp in my mind. I'm more present. All because I started taking care of me. Come on, hit your neighbor and say, take care of you. Listen, listen, you are, listen, you you think, some of you are like, oh, I wish you'd get onto the word. This is the word. (laughs) You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And if you are tired and got headaches all the time and feel sluggish, you don't have the energy that you need to accomplish the destiny God has put on your life. Come on, your purpose is more important and more valuable than a box of Twinkies. Come on, somebody. It is. And so 
I, I just want to encourage you. It doesn't mean you got to eat perfect. It doesn't mean you got to run six miles or 26 miles like some of those crazy people do. It doesn't mean you got to go to those extents, but you, you got to take care of you. And it's not just physically, you got to take care of your mind. It's not just physical care, you got to take care of this. Because we become our thoughts. We become what we think about. We become what we read. And the sad thing is, is that this generation is on a steady diet of social media and Netflix, and we wonder why we can't change. See how quiet it got? Because somebody, some of us spent Saturday social media and Netflix binge. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But you need to spend some money on, on a book. You need to read. You need to invest in yourself. Self-care. When we are exhausted, we usually don't take care of ourselves. And guys, we become what we think about. We, we become what we read. Scripture says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so you got to understand your mind is important to take care of. Uh, one of the traits of an unrestrained life is, is self-care. Secondly, there's a lack of spiritual growth. When we are exhausted, we're not growing spiritually. And this is ironic because I'm talking to church folk. And I'm telling you that when you're exhausted and you're tired and you, and you got all that going on in your life, you're not growing spiritually. You're not able to do the things you want to do in your relationship with God. And, and, and many of us, we're in a place where we really need to hear from God. We're just too busy to hear from Him. We, we, we don't have time to, to hear His voice. We, and, and, and what I've learned about a lot of exhausted people is that, that they can't recognize God's blessing in their life because they're too busy to notice His blessing. They're too busy to stop. And, and smell the road too busy to say thank you. Do you know exhausted people are the worst at exalting God? They're the worst at exalting God. And, and not to mention that when you spread yourself too thin, I know you don't want to hear this, but when your plate is too full and you've been spread too thin, you become more susceptible to sin. You become more susceptible to making Bad decisions. I would encourage you that if you're exhausted, you don't need to make important decisions. This, is, this, we, this series has gone over so well. You, you, you got to get rested so that you can make decisions that will be wise. And, and if you're here and, and you see your time with God, whether it's here or at home, as something to do or a box to be checked, you need to know that's a problem. Because I hear people describe church this way, and it just irks me, all right? And I know part of it's because I'm a pastor. But, but even when I wasn't a pastor, this probably would have irked me. But they say things like, we've just been so busy, we've not been able to fit church in. Wow. So God is a lever to be pulled instead of a father to be loved. We're going to preach us right into silence today. <laughs> Church is not equal to your shopping list. 
It's not equal to the renovations on the house. It's not equal to your kids' next ball game. Church is the most, one of the most important opportunities for you to get your life focused and to draw near to God. So it can't just be another thing that needs checked off the list. Your God died for you. I mean, he went to the cross and paid it all. Like, come on, somebody. He gave it all up to save you. And we treat him like another box to be checked and wonder why we're tired. Lack of self-care, lack of spiritual growth. Number three, there's a lack of purpose. We lack purpose when we're exhausted. When we're living the unrestrained life, there's no purpose. And this is, this is often overlooked, but when I'm exhausted, my life loses meaning. Have you ever stopped in those busy seasons when you're worn out and say, why am I doing all this? I mean, that's, that's a good place to start, isn't it? Like, why am I doing all this? It's hard to find meaning when you're, when you're living stressed out like that. When you are in constant demand, rushing in every direction, trying to survive, there's no way of fulfilling God's purpose for your life. And that's where many of us are living. We're living in a constant state of urgency. And as I've been introducing this series over the last three weeks, and you're all probably very thankful that we're closing this series out today, Many of you, as I've been preaching, I'm going to go ahead and just, just pull the veil back for just a minute. As I've been preaching on this subject, you have been making excuses the whole time I've been preaching. He don't know my life. He doesn't know my schedule. He don't know where my kids have to be. He doesn't know A, B, and C about me. And so what we do is we start building in excuses so that we can excuse ourselves from doing what God has called us to do. So I want to look at some of our exhausted excuses. The first exhausted excuse that many of us have is I don't know the purpose of my life. I don't know the purpose of my life. Some of us think that we cannot be held responsible for what we don't know. Whether you realize it or not today, God has a purpose for your life. That before you were ever born, before you were ever created, before you arrive, let's just get real practical. Before you ever ended up in your mama's womb, God knew you, ordained you, had a purpose for you, had a destiny for you. He knows everything about you, and you have been designed with the perfect gift mix, personality, ability, gifting. All of that has been perfectly put together by your creator to accomplish what he put you on the earth to do. And so many of us, we spend our lives talking about, I don't know my purpose. I don't know what I'm called to do. Well, you're going to have to make, make it a priority to figure that out. Because, and it doesn't matter, if God called you to teach school, then, then you need to teach school as unto the Lord. Like, you, you need to go into that room. If you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, what, whatever you, you do, if you feel like God has gifted you to do that, you need, you need to do that with all of your heart. You need to know that that is a part of the purpose God has for your life. And knowing your purpose, it's not a luxury. Knowing your purpose is a necessity. It's something that we have to know. You have to be clear on this. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 says, The Lord answered and said, Write the vision 
make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. So how do I get a clear vision? How does that happen for me? Well, the first part of that, if you, if you go back and read the first part of Habakkuk, you'll find out that the way you get the vision, right here he says you need to write it down, you need to make it plain, you need to be clear. But, but to get it, all right, before you write it down, you have to separate yourself from everything else and draw close to God because at the end of the day, I can't give you your, your purpose. Your spouse can't give you your purpose. Only God, your creator, can give you your purpose. But if you never take time to say, God, why have you put me on this earth, then you're never going to figure that out. And it's not a luxury, it's a necessity. So a lot of us say, I don't know my purpose. Some of us say, I'm too busy. That's number two. I'm too busy to live out my purpose. I'm too busy. And this is a problem because we see our purpose as just another task. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. This is interesting. It says, the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. The reason it's interesting is because the word work here can be translated as worship. When you're in your purpose, work becomes worship. Which means that if I'm not fulfilling my purpose, I'm not worshiping to my fullest potential. That when you do what God has created you to do, that is worship unto God. So when it comes to purpose, I want you to get this. Your purpose is tied, and this is going to be different for some of you because you're, you're new to church. Your purpose is tied to anointing. Everybody say anointing. All right? I know that's, that's kind of a, a deeper theological word, and you're like, well, what's anointing? Well, anointing is when God gives you a supernatural grace to do what you were created to do. And anointing is apparent when a person can do with ease what others struggle to do. Come on, somebody. Have you ever looked at somebody and you watch them in their purpose, you watch them in their calling, you watch them at their job, and they did with ease what you couldn't even understand? What is that? That's the anointing. The anointing enables us to do with ease what others would struggle to do. Burnout, I want you to get this, burnout is the result of trying to live the will of God apart from the grace of God. When we are trying to live out the will of God apart from the grace of God, grace and anointing is God's supernatural ability on your life that you can do easily what others struggle to do. And many of us, we're trying to live outside of the grace we've been given. A great example is several years ago, I was invited, and, 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 and I know this is a big mistake, but I gotta tell you this story. I was invited to go do a kid's crusade. Now, I can stand up here and preach to you, and it'll be life-giving, and I can do this. I'm called to do this. But I found out with that kid's crusade is that I'm not called to minister to eight-year-olds. I mean, you're talking about a train wreck. Complete meltdown. I mean, panic, anxiety leading up to it. And then getting in front of about 30 little kids looking at me for direction. Like, I was lost. 
Like, I can go and watch children's ministry, and I'm just amazed at how some of these uh, dream teamers go in there, and they serve with such ease and grace, and the kids listen. Like, I was ready to use duct tape and tie all of them up. Like, whatever it takes. I, you know, I'm, I'm out of my element, and, and, and I struggled, and I vowed I'll never sign up to do that again. I had no grace, I had no anointing, I had no patience, all right? I didn't have what it took to do that. But the same church asked me to come and preach, and it was like this. I'm anointed to do this. This I can do easily, not because I'm gifted, but I've been called and anointed to do it. you got to find your purpose, because when you find your purpose, God puts an anointing on what you do. And what you do, you make it look easy. While the rest of us sit back and scratch our head and try to figure out how you do what you do. Purpose is powerful because it comes with an anointing. Come on, hit your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I'm anointed. That's the wrong neighbor. Find somebody else. Tell them I'm anointed. (laughs) Exhausted excuses. I don't know my purpose. I'm too busy. And here's the last one. Exhausted excuse. When I... And you can just fill in the blank. Then I'll fulfill my purpose. Well, pastor, when I retire, I'll fulfill my purpose. When I get the promotion, I'll fulfill my purpose. Somebody like, when the kids get out the house, <laughs> I'll fulfill my purpose. We have an arrival mentality. We have an arrival mentality. When I arrive at a certain place in life, then I'll do what God's called me to do. The problem is, is that you don't arrive at your purpose, you live in it. Purpose has to be lived out. You don't, arrive, you don't wake up one morning, oh, bam, I'm in my purpose. It doesn't happen. You don't arrive at a place to do it. So you got to get past this when I, whatever, get over all that. You are living out purpose now. You are either taking steps to become who God has called you to be or you're becoming someone you don't want to be. Purpose is lived out. And I know what somebody's saying. Well, I just don't have enough time. you got the same number of days as everybody else, including Helen Keller, Mother Teresa, Leonardo da Vinci, and Einstein. Come on. Do something with your life. Find out why God puts you on the earth. 2 Peter 1 says his divine power has given us everything. Everybody say everything. God has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. God has given us everything we need. Everything we need, we already have. Some of us are waiting on that to happen or this to happen or this promotion or that, that thing to, to change and, and what you don't know. God has already given you what you need. you got to make some steps now. See, this is another way of us saying when, when we're operating on that arrival mentality, when this happens, then I'll do what you've called me to do, God. What we're really saying is, God, I'll do your agenda after I get done with mine. We definitely getting silent around here. I'll do your stuff, God, when I get done with my stuff. 
I'll take care of your business when I'm done with my business. Could it be that you're exhausted because you're trying to live your agenda instead of God's agenda? I need to hide. All right, now, now, now I, I want to I wanna finish this off on more positive, okay? Yeah, praise the Lord. All right. We have to make room for purpose, okay? You have to make room for it. If you're going to live out purpose, you have to make room in your life for it. It can't be just another box to be checked. You've got to make room. I want to give you three practicals of, on making room for your purpose. Number one, y'all going to love this one, start a not-to-do list. Start a not-to-do list. We're always creating to-do lists. Well, well, you just need to know God has given you permission that some of the things you're doing, you can stop. A not-to-do list. Things that it's not contributing to my purpose, and somebody else could take care of this so, I'm, so I can focus on this other thing. I'm going to start a not-to-do list. Your schedule should reflect who you want to become more than what you want to get done. We are so to-do list, to-do list, to-do list that we say yes to everything. You need to start a not-to-do list. One of the things about escaping exhaustion is that it will call for some tough decisions on your part. You're going to have to make some choices, even in some places where you've been successful. See, a lot of us, we get so we fall in love with success that we don't realize that that success was for that season and God is saying it's okay to let that go so that I can bring you to the next thing. But we get so used to being success, successful in one area that we think I got to keep doing this and add the new thing. One of the things I had to realize early on in, in, as our church began to grow is a lot of the things that I used to do I can't do anymore. And it's not because I'm lazy, it's because if I do it, not only am I robbing for my purpose, I'm robbing somebody else of their purpose. So you have to figure out what things I'm not going to do anymore. Come on, hit your neighbor and say, take two things off your list. Some of y'all having a hard time. Y'all like, I just, it's all going to fall to pot, Pastor. How will, how will my family go on if I don't do all this? Well, they'll either learn to cook or, you know, I don't know what they, they're going to have to figure something out. I'm not to do this. Secondly, you got to learn this word. No. No. See, God has a plan for your life, but he's not the only one who has a plan for your life. The devil has a plan. How many of every person in your life has a plan for you? Everybody has something they think you should be doing or you ought to do. Often our yes to other people, it's not because we're in agreement or we want to do whatever it is. Instead, we say yes because we want to feel needed or we feel guilty about saying no or we simply just want to please everyone. Most of our yeses are the fruit of motives we should say no to. Sometimes we have to choose discomfort over resentment. And, and what I mean by that is you have to choose the momentary awkwardness of saying no in love instead of saying yes and then later resenting that person. 
Some of you, you're living in resentment because you say yes to everything and you mad at a bunch of people and all they did was ask you to do something and you said yes. <laughs> Choose that small moment where it's awkward where you just say, I love you, but no thanks. I, I, I'm not doing that. You have to learn to say no. As, as you get gain more influence... And God, God elevates your life, and he gives you influence with people and maybe promotions at your job, or you find favor with your boss, and, and, and you got some things where you know that God's hands on whatever it is you're doing. God's blessing you, blessing your family. One of the things that you will have to learn to do is, is to say no to some things. It's not always uh, at certain seasons in your life of what I'm saying yes to. What's more important is what am I saying no to? And that's hard for many of us to do. Number three, you have to pause and pray. Pause and pray. Finding God's yes in a world of options requires us to slow down and make some prayerful decisions. There is a sin of saying yes because it sabotages our purpose. Think about this. Life is not lost in gallons. Life is lost in drops. See, we think it's only the big things that's draining us. But it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little meetings, the little phone calls, the little return email, the little this, the little that. And how many know all the little drops makes a whole lot more than a gallon? You, you have to realize that life will be sucked away from you by small amounts. Pray this every day. Psalm 90 verse 12. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. God, help us to order our lives. Help us to order our lives so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. In the middle of the afternoon on January 15, 2009, U.S. Airways Flight 1549 took off from LaGuardia Airport bound for Charlotte. And it was supposed to be an uneventful flight, but three minutes into the plane's ascent, the captain came over the intercom with a three-word instruction. He said, brace for impact. Upon takeoff, the plane had struck a flock of geese, which took out both engines, and air traffic controllers began to give him instructions on getting to an airport in New Jersey, but there wasn't enough time, so Captain Sullen Burger. He, he landed the plane at the clearest runway, the Hudson River. As expected, the 150 passengers aboard put their heads in their laps and they began to pray. Thanks to some crafty maneuvering, every single person survived. The minutes from the captain's instructions to the moment of relief were filled with soul searching and prayer for everyone on board. One of those prayers came from a Puerto Rican businessman named Rick Elias. How many of you can learn a lot about a person in the final moments? Rick Elias on that flight, and from the moment that they said brace for impact till the time they landed on the Hudson River, he said in that moment, in those three moments, all he could think about was this. He said, I regretted the time that I wasted on things that did not matter. And missed what did matter. It's all he could think about. In the last moments of your life, will you say the same thing? Will you regret spending all the time on things that didn't matter while missing the things that did? As the worship team comes back, Proverbs 29 and 18 
Where there is no vision from God, the people run wild. But those who adhere to God's instruction know genuine happiness. I want to leave, I want to leave you with something here that I, that I saw this week. The happiest people on the planet are people who are living in their purpose. It's those that are not living in their purpose that are frustrated, tired, and exhausted. One of the hidden causes of exhaustion is a lack of purpose. We're not doing the things that bring fulfillment to our life. And, and here's what you got to know about people of purpose. I've been around some people that have incredible, you know, callings and giftings. And, and, and you would look at their life and you would say, man, they're, they're just living in their purpose. And I've met some of those people that we all would stand back and just say, man, it's just amazing what they're doing and how they do it. But did you know people of purpose have the same amount of problems, same amount of difficulty, same amount of trouble, but what they have different from a lot of people is that their purpose gives them energy. See, it's one thing to get up and go to work and it's not your purpose to do things seven days a week that doesn't contribute to your purpose and be exhausted. That's a very depressing place to be. But it's a whole other thing when you're presented with challenges and struggles and difficulties, but you know I am living out what God put me on the earth to do. It provides energy to your soul. I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend my life on things that does not matter. I want to spend my life doing what God has called me to do, what he destined for me to do, what he's gifted for me to do, and I want to move as far away from exhaustion as I can, and I want to start working and serving God from a place of rest, a place of peace. God has a rest for you. It's not his will for you to be stressed out. It's not his will for you to be exhausted. Jesus said, I have come to give you life, to give it to you more abundantly. It's the enemy who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. It's the enemy that leaves us broken and distraught. It's the enemy that leaves us exhausted. God has a rest for you. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. I'm going to do something different, and I didn't plan this just kind of hit me in the 830 service as I've been preaching this series to you I know that many of you are here and, and the truth is people don't know how exhausted you are you are worn down physically, emotionally and spiritually you're not you're just not in a healthy place right now and I just felt just, just a nudging of the Holy Spirit at 8.30 that, that I needed to make prayer available to people that are exhausted. You're tired. You're worn out. I want you to bow your heads. I want this to be a, a moment of self-diagnosing, like just looking at our lives for just a moment. As you bow your heads in this moment, and we, we, we're finishing, this series is over. Y'all going to be real happy because we're going to talk about joy for the next four weeks. We're going to leave exhaustion and we're going to operate in God's joy. But if you're here and you say, you know, Pastor, you've been, you've been talking to me all three weeks or maybe this is your first Sunday and you say, this, this is just me. I'm worn out. I'm tired. It's affecting my marriage, affecting my relationship with my kids. It's affecting my job. It's affecting my relationship with God. It's just, I'm just not in a healthy place. I, I'm exhausted. I want you to do me a favor, and I, I just want you to write there where you are. I know it's bold, and we don't like doing this, but 
indulge me for just a minute. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, that is me. I'm ex- I want you to leave those hands up. I don't want you to put them down yet. There's hands all over this building going up. And this, this is going to be difficult to do. Man, there's hands. I just, I can sense. What I thought about was, keep those hands up. I don't want you to put them down. Just keep them up for just a moment. I'll let you let them down in just a second. I thought about the storm. The disciples were on the boat. And the storm came. The winds blew. The disciples couldn't believe that Jesus was down in the ship. He was asleep, the Bible said. He was resting in the presence of a storm. He was giving us a picture of no matter what life throws at us, that I'm able to lay down and sleep in the midst of all that. And the disciples went and grabbed him and said, don't you care, don't you care? And Jesus stood up on that boat and he spoke, guys. He spoke to the wind and the rain and the storm. And the Bible says that everything became silent and still. And I just believe today that God wants to speak some peace into some people's lives. That he wants to speak to that exhaustion and that that unrest place that you're in right now. He just wants to minister his grace and his rest to you. So here's what I want to happen. Those that, everybody look up, keep your hand up. Those that have a hand up, leave it up. If you're near somebody right now that has a hand up, I want you to put your hand on them. Come on, put your hand on them. We're going to pray for these people. We're going to come into agreement. If you're near somebody and their hand is up, come on, get near them. Don't leave one hand up. Come on, if you're on the prayer team and you see somebody with a hand up, grab them. Come on, we're going to pray right now. We're still going to do salvation in just a second, but I just want to speak life over these people. And just believe that not only is God going to give you a supernatural rest today, but he's also going to give you the wisdom you need going forward. You're going to make that not-to-do list. You're going, to, you're going to figure out what things to say no to, what things to say yes to. You're going to live a balanced life. Come on, begin praying for them in your own way. Come on, just use your own words. Just begin praying for them. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every hand that is lifted. I thank you for every person, God, that had the boldness to lift up their hand in this moment. And God, they are tired. They are worn out. They are over capacity. And God, they are missing out on purpose and destiny and calling and, and, and family and, and, and some of the cool things that you, you have for them. They're missing it, God, because they're so exhausted. And God, we just speak life and over every situation. And Jesus, we just ask that you would speak over their storms. God, just like you did that day on the boat, speak, God, to the exhaustion, to the unrest, God, to, the, to that out-of-balance lifestyle, God, that in your presence, God, there is fullness of joy, God. Lord, that there is peace that surpasses understanding. Father, that there is a rest in your presence. Your word says that if we're tired and, and, and burdened and worn out, God, that you would give us rest. And God, I'm believing supernaturally, God, you are restoring and, and, and bringing rest back into their lives and back into their hearts, God. And, and not only in this moment, but God, give them the wisdom, God, that when they leave this place, God, that they're not going to continue at the same pace doing the same things, God. But God, they're going to figure out what's important, what's not important, what I say yes to, what I say no to, and live a life, God, Lord, that's abundant, a life that you came to give us, God. We, we just declare that over every hand every heart, every family, in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Let's give God a praise. Come on for speaking to us. I, 
I'm passionate about this, guys, because I, I've told you four or five years ago, I was, I was in a very bad place. And it wasn't like I was just out sinning and living some crime. I'm just saying I was burned out. I had no gas in the tank until I started adopting some of what I've been teaching you. You have to have balance. You need it. You, listen, listen, parents, your kids need you to be rested. You're like, well, I'm, I'm tired because of the crazy kids, right? <laughs> listen, they need the best of you. That's where I really began to see it in me was with my kids. I didn't have the patience I needed, the understanding and the grace. And I realized that sometimes you, how many know, sometimes you come home and you've had to be everything to so many people that you come home and you give the people you love the most, you give them the leftovers. Man, they need the best. They need the best you, you can be. They need, they, they need that. Your spouse needs that. And God wants you to be rested. Anybody getting anything out of this today? Amen. We're going to pray for people in just a second, but I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. We're, we're almost finished. If you're new here, we about seven more minutes, you'll be leaving. I know you want to know, when am I leaving? I'm hungry. But if you're here under the sound of my voice today or watching online and you say, Pastor, I, I just need Jesus. I need to be saved. I'm not where I should be. I don't want to leave this service the way that I came in. I want to know that my sins have been dealt with. You're watching at home and you say, I need Jesus to forgive me. I need him to come into my life. If that's you, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If that's you today, you say, you know what? I want Jesus. I'm not leaving the same way. Will you throw your hand up right there where you are? Say, that's me. Thanks for this hand and this hand. God bless you all. Come on, another one back there. God bless you. Several over here up front. God bless you. Three right here. Come on, where else are you? Anybody else before we pray? One, another one over here. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace today. I, I love how the Holy Spirit, you can talk about being tired and people want to get saved. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Bethesda, let's lift our voice with every hand that has went up in this moment. Their life is about to be radically changed. Jesus is about to come into their heart. They're going to be ready for heaven as if they were already there. Come on, Bethesda, lift your voice. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all my sins. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Come on, church. Celebrate all those hands. Come on. Amen. It's awesome. Come on, church. Celebrate. Yes. Prayer team, staff, come on. We're going to do one more song. If you need prayer, please come and get it. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.